Welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is... One Kiss Means Forever! This is the podcast where we talk about all the things, the romantic things at Christmas, with friends, with family, with the love of your life that maybe you only see once a year. Anyway, we're talking about uh, all your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Netflix, Lifetime, and other places. Where did we get this one? I think this is so me trying to figure this out and it didn't go that well, but I think this did actually air on Lifetime, but I'm not 100%. That's where I um, watched it, but I wasn't yeah. sure if it originated there. Well, the production company is called The Asylum, so I don't know. It feels <laughs> like it, which, like if it's going to be anything, it would be Lifetime because it sounds kind of like murdery. Sure. <laughs> And, and and to be perfectly honest, the production quality is a little bit of a step above Hallmark, so I wouldn't be surprised. And and they they cover, not cover. Cover is way too strong of a term, but they maybe like poke with a pinky toe kind of thing. Some like heavier topics. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's um, not bright and shiny. Yeah. Right. So this movie seems to have a colon in the title sometimes. So sometimes it's called Christmas Love Story colon, and sometimes it's just the second part, which is love at the Christmas table, which of course we're doing today because it's Thanksgiving and hopefully you're at a table <laughs> at some point yeah. today. Or comfortably, com- comfortably seated in a crisscross applesauce style. Yeah. Like- <laughs> we, we hope you're with friends and or family yeah. uh, in some capacity in this, the, I guess it's only U.S. Thanksgiving, but most of you guys live in the U.S. That's sure. that was our thought, um, and it aired again. We think on Lifetime <laughs> on November twenty fifth, twenty twelve. So it's kind of on the older side. For thirty years, Sam and Catherine have spent Christmas Eve at the children's table. When Sam learns Catherine is moving away, he has one night to tell her he loves her. Period. And the cast yeah. stars. This is. I believe I got this from IMDb, so maybe this is not how they are actually billed. But it initially the the first person they mention is Leah Thompson, <laughs> which love her, but like that seems like an odd. She was probably person. the biggest name at the time. She was, she was probably the biggest name, but it's Leah Thompson, Danica McKellar, Dustin Milligan, and Scott Patterson. Yeah, AKA Ted and Luke. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of things and i feel like i i watched through the end of the credits and they that it ends with christmas love story at the end of the credits so i think that's what they wanted it to be called but then they were like this is too bland <laughs> well I, I was wondering i didn't look into it at all but i was thinking like is christmas love story colon like a quote-unquote series oh i don't think so i, I, I you mean, could see you know, it being a like a it's like 2012. They're all called Christmas Love Story, colon, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Better than it's time for him to come home with them for Christmas all the time, every day. Look, she, there she is. <laughs> uh, you're not excited well, to watch Time for Her to Come Home? It's her? I think it's her this year, yeah. <laughs> and that's where we are. <laughs> I, w- I was halfway through saying the sentence and then I went, am I right? I don't know. <laughs> 
All right, let's get into love story, colon, love of the Christmas tabla. Uh, so Sam and Kat see each other at Christmas. Their father started a furniture company together in 1984, which leads to an annual company Christmas party at the home of E.B., played by Leah Thompson, who has a year-round Christmas house. One of their first pieces of furniture was a kid's table for this party, so their four-year-olds would have some place to sit. Age four, Sam and Kat play together. Age 10, they think rum cake will get them drunk. Sam develops a crush at age 13, but Kat stabs him with a fork. Yeah, girl. <laughs> and at age 18, they are very much not friends. Kat, played by Danica McKellar, and Sam, played by Dustin Milligan, have not only grown apart, but really stopped communicating. When Sam tells Kat that he knows she doesn't like him and gives all the times and reasons why, Kat gets angry and lets him know that she's actually partially responsible for a lot of the good things in his life because she does, in fact, consider him a friend. So their bond is mended and they're friends. Yay. At ages 19 through 22, Sam and Kat live their lives throughout the year, but then come together at Christmas. They enjoy each other's company and like to be part of the kids' table, even when, inv even when invited to finally join the adults. Um, they create games. They become the life of the party, at least for the children. When Sam thinks that maybe he should move back to their small town, Kat is the voice of reason that won't let him give up on himself. Sam doesn't come home the year they're 23 and cat is disappointed and by 24 she's realized that he's probably the love of her life even though they haven't you know gone there mm -hmm. she dresses up for the party excited to see him but he arrives with a serious girlfriend cat knows she isn't supposed to be hurt but very much is you know because this is all she she built the love story inside her head. Sure. The only person who sees what's going on is E.B., who lets Kat in on her own secret. E.B. has been in love with Kat's father, Scott Patterson, for years, but he picked someone else, a.k.a. Kat's mother. And she mourns every day like the character of Miss Haversham in Great Expectations, but she doesn't recommend that kind of life for Kat. Determined not to be sad, Kat tries to move past her love of Sam, and she tries dating, but by, but by the Christmas they're 25, her boyfriend has left her and has proposed to someone else, and obviously Kat is hurt. Um, Sam wasn't going to come home that Christmas, but he hears that Kat got her heart broken and comes back to comfort Kat. Uh, he is able to cheer her up by getting everyone to dance in the snow to a really cute song. And plus it helps that she wasn't actually in love with her boyfriend. The following year, Sam has broken up with his girlfriend. He's sad about it, but it was also his choice. You know, it's sort of like the like, I'm sad this thing ended, but it needed to end kind of thing. So he and Kat hang out, visit the furniture company where she now works and like really talk. For as long as they've known each other and how much they like each other, they actually know very little about each other's lives. Sam doesn't know that Kat designs furniture. He just sort of assumes she worked in the office of the furniture company. And Kat knows that Sam is a journalist, but had no idea what kind or where he works or anything like that. So after their heart to heart, they agree to be more honest with each other and Kat kisses Sam. So maybe something will happen relationship-wise? 
At age 27, Kat fakes sick for the Christmas party. She doesn't want to see Sam, but they talk on the phone. And when Sam decides he wants to see her, he comes over and she doesn't want to let her let him in. And this causes this huge, awful fight where Sam tells her that she isn't living life and is actually holding her father back and being super selfish and a coward. A very hurt Kat won't talk to him and they end up cutting off communication for five whole years. After five years, Sam has finally returned to the Christmas party with the plan to ask Kat to marry him and move to upstate New York. I'm sorry. I can't get over this. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Luckily, Kat has forgiven Sam. They talk a bit, and when she shows him a ring box, he thinks she is about to propose to him when she asks if she should do the asking. Uh, you know, like the hypothetical asking if somebody won't do it kind of thing. But sure. he's wrong. She goes off and he's hurt and confused. Her friend notices and tells him that his proposal idea is a bad one and he shouldn't do it. So he leaves. Kat, meanwhile, has gathered her dad and EB together and proposed to them that they get married. So the ring was not for her. It was for her dad. Um, finally, happy, EB and her dad kiss and agree to get married now that Kat has sanctioned the idea. When Kat goes to find Sam, her friend tells her that he left, but then EB tells her she should go to the furniture factory to see something. There, Kat finds this big cardboard house set up with the life that Sam wants them to live together. Sam takes a walk with his parents and tells them that he got a new job and bought a house for Kat, but it might have been a mistake. His mother tells him to go for it, so he returns to the party. Kat is back, looking for him, and he's set up this romantic scene under the kids' table. I don't understand how they fit there, but that's fine. <laughs> he proposes, and she says yes, and so they kiss, and since one, one kiss, kiss means, means forever, forever, these two will finally be together and maybe have a double wedding with her dad <laughs> yeah double wedding i have so many what the fucks Katie. there's a lot of what the fucks hannah and like that and i feel like i i want to just sort of jump in to talk about the structure of okay. this movie um in that like we only see them at christmas and hypothetically we assume because it's sort of ass assumed that they don't see each other or communicate at all between the other 364 days a year i am um, so confused about this concept yeah um because, like yes we assume that because it sounds like that's the case but then also i think they go to school together at least in high school because yeah like she like gets him a date with somebody that he like didn't know that she did that you know and then they definitely talk on the phone sometimes throughout the year, but like it's unclear. Like clearly they they're supposed to have this relationship that's like best friend. They call you every day kind of thing, except they don't know anything about each other. So that can't possibly be true. Yeah, I liked she's she mentions that like their relationship is sort of like Brigadoon. <laughs> yes, I did like that. <laughs> that made me laugh a lot. Um, and so we as an audience, the way this movie is structured, we're also sort of dropped into this weird, like, 
this weird extra connection that they have because they don't seem to know anything about each other, but they speak this weird language that we're sort of like watching. It's very like snarky and has a lot of inside jokes that we kind of pick up on, but not really. Um, but I want to hear some of your what the fucks before I go in. All right. All right. I'm just going to start at the beginning. Let's so do it. I don't know if you like because I was on IMDb about this movie for a little while. Um, the first thing that like upsets me on like a really stupid but also like emotional level, the four-year-old Sam and Cat, real life siblings. <laughs> it's a movie. I know, but I was like, I don't like that your your characters are supposed to grow up and get married. Like that's weird, and it. Oh, um, it's funny, but it, I mean, they're cute kids, but like what? <laughs> um. Okay, uh, this is a movie where they, you know, they did, obviously they use other people for their younger selves at various times, because, you know, I'm sure if they could have gotten away with Danica McKellar and, and Dustin Mulligan playing four, they would have, but they did, really couldn't. <laughs> they really shouldn't have been doing 18 either. <laughs> they, that was rough. Well, when, when you're younger, you have bangs. And Dana McKell yeah. McKellar has such a youthful face. I feel like I, I sort of bought it with the clothes and whatever, but because they're actually starting to talk to each other like adults, I feel like they kind of had to at that point. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was It was weird. I mean, there's also the fact that Dustin Milligan is 10 years younger than yeah. Danica McKellar, and it's kind of obvious to me. It's very <laughs> obvious, and I don't <laughs> think he was even close to 30 when they're supposed to be 32 at the end of this movie. I feel like yeah, he was 25 or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, I, there was a number of times in this movie where I was concerned that so many people did not know that rum cake is not boozy. <laughs> well, there's, like, did you catch the line when they were 10 and they were acting like they're drunk that the dads go like, should we tell them there's no booze in it? <laughs> Yeah. Well, the here's here's the thing. It's like I thought, okay, yeah, right. But I, I haven't made rum cake. But isn't rum cake you put rum in it and then it bakes off? Yeah, it should. But sometimes right? there's sometimes people do drizzle a little bit of extra rum. Um Okay. Right. But like essentially but rum is in it. Yeah. Because like I, I wasn't worried when the dad said that initially. But then they start saying, like, this one was made with rum, this one was not. And then I was like, then it's not rum cake. And then I'm very confused about what you're talking about because it it was like a whole thing a whole where I was thing. like, it's never boozy because it burns off in the baking process. And also, it should always have rum in it because that makes it rum, rum cake. <laughs> so I was just like, I no, know. it's fine for children. But also, like, what are you what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i think it was there for the joke yeah except it, it went a little bit too far sure um so you know because you know me i was doing math throughout this movie where i was figuring out what the years were um when they go dancing outside uh a child puts a, a record on the record player for them to go dancing the year is 2006 at this point do small children know how to use a record player Yes. They do? 
well, first of all, this is an old house. And so okay. if they've been coming to this party that has records, they then yes, maybe they'd know how to how to do it. Um, but I think like 2006 was sort of the beginning of like people wanting to get vinyl again. Like I remember maybe. seeing vinyl in like urban outfitters at this particular time. And now it's like a lot bigger, like then it, then it, the resurgence is bigger now, but I think it was, had a, had a moment back in that time. Um, but I, I think I, we still had a record player in like the early aughts. I mean, I technically my parents still do. I don't know when the last time anybody spun a record on it, but. Um, so How else I was I going to listen to Pippin? <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> um. Okay, it, like, they share a coat in a way, like, all I could think of is, like, that's how you zip a baby into a coat when you're wearing the baby. <laughs> like, what are they doing? I thought that was cute, where he puts on the coat, and then she gets in front of him and then puts her arms in the coat, and they zip it up so they're, like, burritoed in together, and then they kind of have to walk like a two-headed monster. Yeah. I mean, um, very uncomfortable, but I thought it was a cute moment. Yeah. Um. Okay, so here's some, like, really strange things that I got, like, when she is faking sick yes he has a cell phone fine not concerned she uses a landline and then takes a picture with the cell phone and is calling on the landline and the cell phone i was like what is happening i had that same thought i was like why i mean i don't know i don't know like the landline might have been the memorized number if they like you know used to talk to each other i, I have no idea Which, but yeah that was the weird th the thing is i don't feel like it was because she had like relatively recently moved into this house like down the street from her dad and that was like part of the issue is that she oh, had yeah. moved away that's true you're right um forgot about that yeah i was i was distracted by those phones um and also in the scene i'm not sure if i am a hundred percent sure this is the truth but is his real name Samwise? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, at least um, one of the early scenes, I think. Um, well, like, I thought that was like, a, you know, like, you, I, do, I do that all the time with certain, like, the, my parents' dog, Harper. The amount of times I call her Harpsichord is, yeah, you know, whatever. But, like, like, it wouldn't be weird to me if, like, your name was Samuel. Most people call you Sam and somebody calls you Samwise. Like, that, sure. Fine. Like, I thought that's what had happened initially. But then I got the impression that, like, no, his legal name is Samwise. <laughs> she said he was named after a hobbit. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, why not? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm totally wanting to name my kid Frodo, but I don't think Billy's on board. Uh, just sorry, kidding. I'm not on board either. I'm uh, just because, kidding. Because there's also another child in this whose name is Allison Wonderland. Yeah. I, love that. <laughs> I would not be on board with that. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh. Middle name Wonderland. They have to be a detective, like a private eye. <laughs> um, and then the, my last, like, true what the, or actually, well, my, in terms of going through this eb like her whole thing about like her house got stuck in christmas because that's when she learned that scott patterson didn't love her like she loved him in you know 1980-ish maybe even earlier yeah and that's why she has this christmas house so when they decide to get married she turns off the christmas lights on christmas on eve, christmas eve. <laughs> it's like no 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 like, you don't, like, 
now that you're in love with a person who loves you back, you don't now not love Christmas. Like, what are you fucking talking about? I had that same kind of thought too. Like, I mean, I understand the symbolism of it, but it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, It was a strange choice to turn off this house that is year round Christmas on Christmas Eve. I, I was agree. Because like, the other thing is, the only person who knows about this reasoning behind the Christmas house is Kat. Yeah. Everybody else thinks this is just a woman who loves Christmas. That's true. That is I, that is so true. I, I too thought that that was kind of a weird, I mean, it, it is a very memorable sort of moment, but it doesn't, it's not backed up by no. any logical sense. No. Um, I just kind of wanted to, I know we talked about it last time, I think, I think it was last time, about Christmas drinks. Uh -huh. Because the Christmas tree number two, I said, what is this? This looks like I'm an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so disgusting. It's disgusting. I had decided that her liquor library was just like brightly colored cordials that she was mixing together yeah. because gross. So she's making these drinks like it's like she it's meant to be like a shot. I'm saying this for the yeah. listeners uh, edification. Like so then there's like a green cordial and a red cordial and what looks like maybe Bailey's and then something else. And like they take it as a shot and it's whatever. And then later on in the movie when she's making a she's making a symbolic drink for um, e, uh, a cat is making a symbolic drink for EB to kind of represent the love. And there's the same kind of cordials, more weird colors. And then she tops it off with grenadine and she goes, it was in the recipe, yeah. but I couldn't think of anything to go with it. And I'm like, what fucking recipe is this? <laughs> and also both of these drinks need to be chilled. Like yeah. <laughs> if they were anything, why is there no ice? This sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, cause also like that many cordials in like one drink, it's just like, here is your like, syrupy sugar liquor yeah but also like there's a lot of them where i was like those don't go together no like yeah maybe ever you know it'd be like i feel like absinthe was in the christmas tree number two the green was definitely like creme de menthe oh, okay. but then if like the red i was like that to me looks like sort of like a cinnamon thing and i'm not sure i'm putting creme de menthe and like cinnamon schnapps in the same right with with the baileys like it's like <laughs> and i think in the in the the last one there was like something blue too. yeah there was blue blue curacao like <laughs> right. it was just like what are you doing why are you why are you doing this to yourself poor scott patterson making out with leah thompson after drinking that drink <laughs> i mean the sentiment behind it was sweet yes Oh, 100%. Right. But I was just like, you, you know, it's sort of like when somebody is like cooking in a movie and it just gets too gross to like ignore. Yes. <laughs> it was that. Yes. Um, so the thing that I really kind of wanted to like touch on about this movie that so off before this episode started off camera off mic. Hannah and I were like, oh, we're so divided on this movie. I don't know how to feel about it. And the reason I feel like I think this way is all the reasons you just said, there's so many confusing moments. Um, I could not watch this with sub with subtitles on. It wasn't uh, available to me. And I really, really, especially for this movie, wish that I had because they, again, they speak in their own like, language. It's filled with inside jokes we're not on the inside of. But there are the most delightful romantic moments in this movie. It's almost like the guy wrote down, 
here's wouldn't this be a cool moment in a movie and then put a script together with, mm-hmm. with it i mean absolutely ridiculous the whole cardboard house thing when would he have had time like and also you haven't spoken in five years and now you're building her a house buying her a house and now we're getting married like obviously one kiss means foreverdom is like do not condone this is worse <laughs> than a public proposal which we also get yeah. sort of yeah. <laughs> but also how sweet that he proposes to her underneath the table where they met like yeah. that I is mean, like I, I actually liked the proposal though Th- that was not the plan that's what you know like his plan was to like propose to her just at the party i think i'm not yeah. sure if it was in front of people or not i certainly hope so uh, um... <laughs> but can you imagine her coming back from that warehouse feeling kind of differently after no communication and he's sitting underneath that table with the fairy lights and she's like get the fuck under i'm not going underneath there no we're adults we're in our 30s they're underneath this goddamn table like I look so uncomfortable but like yeah I just I have multiple notes where I'm like are we just going to nothing from nothing to a ring I'm not a fan of a no contact propose to proposal <laughs> like it's no. like no 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 you are like you have no idea what's going on in this person's life you haven't talked to them what are you ta- like what are you doing but what I also feel is interesting is the whole time they both sort of infer that they have this like connection that neither of them have really used their words with but they infer to they they infer a lot like um the like the the year that they kiss he says you know there's all there's always been this Mm -hmm. like this thing between us and then when he's 22 and he wants to come back he he says he doesn't say it explicitly but she kind of understands that he'd be coming back for her and she's like no i'm i'm not a break and so it's almost like they've always known that they are like this is just my person and they kind of have to grow up a little bit first and i like that concept but this wasn't exactly executed in the way like what i like about this movie is it's very romantic it's got this deep magic love heart throughout but it's just kind of cobbled together in this way that's really weird yeah i don't quite understand it but i can't stop thinking about it yeah i i i feel that way too and like not only do we have them them but i am also unsure if eb and scott patterson are ever together before agreeing to get married yeah, I mean, there's they have like moments of looking at each other that you kind of go, hmm, I wonder. Also, you know, like, I I think the like, you're a coward, like, you have to leave your dad scene is like way harsh, Ty. Um, totally. But I mean, and granted, some of it is like Scott Patterson's parenting style and like what. She, all of that but like there is a point where i'm like his wife died when she was four she's now like 27 mm-hmm. and he has like wanted like he's sort of clearly wanted to move on but also like nope my daughter can't handle it which like you've seen many other times you see it in real life people say that for high school like through high school like you were 20 fucking seven he's got like what is what's the last 10 years been like really your dad is still like worried about your feelings about him moving on when you don't even remember your own mother yeah like calm yeah it doesn't quite compute yeah (laughs) like you know it's like you know i i kind of get the like i'm the most important person in my dad's life 
thing. But like at some point, like, I don't know any reasonably emotionally healthy adult child who is like, no, I should still be the most important person in my parents' life. Yeah. It's sort of like, no, like they're not the most important person in mine. Like, you know, like it should be like almost like, no, go, go find something else. Like get, get a life dad as opposed to this whole, like, no, he's mine thing that like little kids. Sure. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. And we don't, and the thing is we don't see that dynamic ever we just get that from his speech which i agree is super dark like he gets in there yeah he's cruel right he's he's Um, legitimately cruel but i also here's the other thing i don't know why she is faking sick is it because they kissed and then they never spoke to each other again and now it's a christmas party and like i it seems strange right It, it yeah i think she doesn't want to deal with it like maybe she doesn't want to see him for whatever reason we don't even know like because i mean okay if i'm really psychoanalyzing this and there's this guy that i've liked my whole life we finally kiss and he always leaves like the day after right. like he leaves on christmas day or like the day after christmas and they don't and i i assume they don't see each other on christmas um if i kiss him and then the next year like the shit is real like the bubble pops. The bubble is going to pop. Right. And and I feel like both of these characters aren't characters that really exist in reality. This is very much like I felt I felt like this was like a great expectation story starter where they're definitely Pip and Estella. <laughs> like they don't really re- exist in the real sure. world. Sure. <laughs> but like I mean, I guess you know, them not really existing. It's like, no, these two people would have absolutely like I would get that she would fake sick if like it sort of like petered out via like phone calls and it got weird, sure. but we don't yeah. learn that that's the case and he doesn't feel that way. Sure, he comes with a ring that year too. Yeah, like he has a ring in his pocket. It's, it's weird. Like, Rig a dude, man. They only exist on Christmas Eve. Yeah, but they seem to age still. Oh yeah, Rig a dude, and they don't really age. Should we get into Hallmark Hallmarks? Sure. Okay. We have a year-round Christmas house. Yes, we do. They've known each other forever. Mama's dead and life is hard. Absolutely. We have a snowball fight, but it's indoors. I have that too. Uh, They fall asleep on each other while watching a movie. Oh, I love that. Um... I feel like we had this in another movie that, it, but I don't think it was a Hallmark movie. Not making a choice is still a choice. Maybe that was Emily in Paris, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I called it a red dress for an important occasion because she wore a red dress when she was like ready to admit that she was in love with him, and then he brought his girlfriend. Yeah, I have that. I have that as well. And guess what? Her girlfriend is blonde, so she's the rival yeah. blonde. Yeah. Um, and I said clearly intimidated by a partner that is more impressive successful oh hey using classic literature to make a point mm. uh, unmistakable fake snow <laughs> hey disgusting christmas drink which we've discussed <laughs> uh hardcore communication issues <laughs> yeah they have nobody communicates ever um 
so this is a this is a mishmash because we have a choreographed dance that is also dancing while no one is watching but also gets everyone else to dance <laughs> at the same time <laughs> yes um i'm at the end is that where you are i have a couple more okay because I, I have one i have one more should i do okay. it or sh but it's at the end of the movie um okay um, why don't i go and then stop me when i'm getting close um there's christmas karaoke mm -hmm. someone makes furniture that's <laughs> that's true that's very true we do have a moment where they're trimming the tree um mm. at, at when they're in their 30s which is weird mm -hmm. because it looks like the trees are always trimmed mm -hmm. um I think I'm at where maybe you are. Okay. So I have buying a house without talking to the other person who is meant to live there. <laughs> yes, that was my next one. Um, or even having a relationship buying the house. But my final one is he has he has a job as a blogger. <laughs> I there he, he got a job as a blogger, and my first thought was like, oh honey, what, this <laughs> bottom is gonna fall out of this market in like two years i want him to be 2012. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any pretty parades um so i had a weird one in Ooh. that i i was really taken with the idea of the library i didn't like the look of the library i didn't think it was pretty but i liked that it existed sure so that was my pretty parade <laughs> i love it my pretty parade was the dress that Danica McKellar, the, I say dress loosely, the outfit that Danica McKellar is wearing when they are dancing in the snow, because it is such a time and place where it's like that, like the long sleeve bolero, it looks very dancey, it's that this tight fitting green blouse and like a black skirt. Um, I was like, I, that was my favorite outfit in the early aughts. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did you have any across the universe? I do. Okay, go ahead. Um, there is a scene where they are going through her movie collection and they are literally labeling the Hallmark Hallmarks in that movie collection. I, you know, I put that as a, a new and noteworthy. Oh, hey, okay, cool. Um, yeah, but yes, and that, I agree. Right. Did so, you have uh, any? Um, well, I just have a brand new one from this year. Okay. Because in Mystic Christmas, they play a game with each other because they believe that like it tells you so much about somebody to ask hypothetical questions, which is basically what they do in this movie. They they are always playing would you rather and or they it, it's would you rather but they call it best life. Best life, yeah. Yeah, but it's or like what, but it's, it's the same idea. Yeah. So nice. I just thought that was there. I love it. Um, my new and noteworthy is drinking games with children. <laughs> they are using juice boxes, but, and, and sparkling cider, but it is still drinking games. <laughs> oh, we, we used to do that. Oh, really? Oh, so my parents, my parents are not drinkers really, but they had these sherry glasses, which, you know, are like little. Mm -hmm. And so I did not know they were sherry glasses until way later in my life, but we always called them kid champagne glasses. Yeah. And we would put sparkling cider in them at every like, you know, major like family, like Thanksgiving or, you know, 
<laughs> so you'd have all these kids drinking out of these little sherry glasses. <laughs> so that that yeah. that glass that kind of glass that small little sherry glass is when is the kid wine glass because yeah. when we got to a certain age we were allowed to have a little bit of wine with like thanksgiving or christmas oh. dinner no we, um, we it was always sparkling cider like it, it it wasn't ever alcoholic but it was always in those glasses um i had a few new and noteworthies if great you... let's do it um so uh first of all someone is counseled on how to move on and let the love of your life go oh yeah which like we never see like you should give up on this person that's true it's always go get him no matter what yeah love will find a way right and and like really like sometimes it doesn't so hmm. um i've never seen a child propose on behalf of a parent before without the parent being aware also (laughs) like it was like i'm proposing that both to both of you that you should get married because i say this is a good idea it was very I was like, what is happening? I kind of liked it. And, and that was cute. I mean, it was cute, but it was also like slightly uncomfortable. Sure. But my biggest new and noteworthy was there was some recognition of the damage a well-meaning parent can do. Because when uh, Sam is walking with his parents, he says something like, I'm trying to learn to be happy, like and uh, to be a happier person his parents are like what are you talking about and he's like oh dad you like you once told me which is a scene that we see that like his dad had been like oh you're not the kind of person who could be content like you're always going to find something that you know think there's something better out there kind of thing mm-hmm. and like both of his parents are like shit like that was a throwaway line to me and like this kid has been keeping it in his head and like eek. yeah <laughs> i appreciate that appreciated that as well yeah so like i i just uh, yeah i just like that that was in there that they were like oh that was like so not what i meant and i'm sorry that this is what happened and that you've been you know spent years of your life with this in your in your brain therapy (laughs) did you have a supporting shout out um I, I didn't have it listed, but I wrote down this quote and I feel like I want to say it. There was this little boy. Oh, Precocious Children was something that was also Oh, yeah. List. Yes. We I did just have. skipped over it. Okay. But there was this little boy who's talking about how Santa works with the cookies and the milk. And he's so cute. And he's got that little kid kind of speech impediment. And the line that I wrote down is, the milk is gone, but some of the cookies are still there. <laughs> and it's so cute. Like he's just like very like this is how it works. <laughs> and I so he's my supporting shout out. Um, which is funny because I also have a small child as my supporting shout out. Um, because th- there's like a decent amount of small children in this movie. So there there are actually two that I have. Um, so when Sam doesn't show up one year and Danica McKellar's sad about it. And she's talking to her, her like adult friend who has started to come to this party with her or as well. I don't really understand, yeah. but whatever. Um, this like kid next to her, next to her goes, he's not even that cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the moment I wrote precocious child, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. And then, so, uh, the, the night everybody gets engaged, 
the the ring falls on the floor and a little kid finds it and proposes to another little kid and you just get the she said no (laughs) i was just like oh i kind of love this child i think that might even be the same kid as my kid but i can't remember i don't know kiss meter kiss meter so we have essentially two yeah kisses we have age 26 and uh engagement yes um so for the age 26 i gave it a seven because i felt like they did go for it but he's a little surprised so a little bit of an ambush kiss which you know not my favorite and I don't feel like it led to anything. And I was like, so it's just a kiss. And then they don't see each other really for six years. It's mm. it's weird. And I yeah. It I just couldn't go above that, like, I don't know, situation. I think that's fair. I gave it an 8.5 um, okay. only because I thought it looked really nice. I thought it looked like a really good kiss. Um, I agree. It was sort of like a wet noodle in that, like, it doesn't go anywhere. Like, if I, if this were me at 26 and I was finally kissing this guy, like, the night would have been very long. <laughs> but right, right. I am not Danica McKellar in a Lifetime movie, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second kiss, the proposal kiss, what'd you give it? Ah, I gave it a 7.5. Okay. Um, I thought it was cute, but it was actually kind of lippy. And you know how I feel about seated. This was not really a seated kiss because they were facing each other. Um, it didn't look as delicious. And I was kind of annoyed that everybody was there, even though they were hiding under a table fort. Fair. Um, I, I gave it a seven. I kept it a seven because I was like, I was like, I don't even, I, I'm having trouble even looking at the kiss itself because their body position looks so uncomfortable mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I'm just like, I like, like you you're in your 30s you can't be under a table anymore like stop it like like this is we have hit rough patch bodies don't work the way they used to level of life so like no no like you can't head heads are banging backs are aching absolutely not <laughs> sure <laughs> so katie would you recommend this movie to others? Would you watch this again? Yeah, you know what? I would. I know it's really weird and like it's 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 a strangely like magnetic film to me. The first time I watched it, I was like, this is so cute. And I don't know why because I'm confused half the time. It's bonkers bananas. I don't really think they have great chemistry, no. really. He's a fucking adorable. Um, like I just could look at his face for a long time. I mean, I love Ted. I love Ted. He's great. <laughs> He's wonderful. Um, I mean, I looked up the guy who wrote this. He hasn't really written anything else. So I think this might've just been a one-off. Um, there was an episode done recently uh, or within like the last five years or something of uh, another Hallmark-esque podcast that interviewed him. And I wish I had read, I'd listened to it to see like where he was mm-hmm. when he wrote it. Um, but I thought it was, I think it's, I think it's 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 kind of got classic movie moments happening in it without being a classic movie. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. How about you, Hannah? I honestly can't decide because cool. I don't 
there there are parts of it where I'm like, this is okay, or I don't love it, and like the age thing is weird, and I like kind of get bogged down in these weird little details, and I really I'm very anti like we're not together and then we're getting married. Yeah. Um, like, no, I, I don't want that. Thank you. Um, but at the same time, it's got all these cute little moments and moments I really appreciate. So then I'm like, what, how do I feel about this movie? I don't know. I still yeah. don't know. I've seen this movie a few times. I don't know. <laughs> this is a very big stretch for me. And I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but there's this bizarre French movie called Love Me If You Dare um, with Marion Cotillard. And it's like before she really came over here to get famous. I've definitely and heard of it, but I don't know if I've seen it. It's weird. Um, and I spoiler spoiler alert for anyone who wants to watch this movie. But the, ultimately, it's two people who have always had this connection. Like through, I don't remember if they were young, but they were like high school, college age when they first met. And they always seem to have this weird folie de kind of like magnetism to each other. And they just did it but they could never really be together for whatever reason and then by the end of the movie they violently decide to be together forever they finally crash into each other and they end up sort of i don't know the ending is kind of ambiguous but the filmmaker has said that what happens is actually true and they end up like weirdly like dying together in each other's arms in a very strange way um and that's and i know this sounds weird this is this is a stretch but those characters remind me of these characters in that like they have this star made connection that they just can't seem to get it together and so in that way if i'm thinking romantically and not logically i'm like of course they'd like spend the rest of their lives together because they're meant to be but katie brain who lives in reality is like of course don't get married this is a bad idea you don't know each other outside of christmas what does she even look like in the summer huh 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 i don't know like what what is your breakfast habits <laughs> do you even like the same like things sexually yeah like <laughs> <laughs> Lots of questions. I mean, it's sort of like uh, One Day, if you've ever read that book or yeah. seen that movie. Unfortunately, I have. The movie, not great. The book was beautiful. But Anne Hathaway's hair in that movie is awesome because she has my haircut and I love it. <laughs> sure. It's, it's very cute. But like the, the book was very like, you know, like staying up late in bed sobbing kind of read. Okay. Uh yeah. <laughs> The movie was not that for me. I hate those tear jerking mm -hmm. oh they finally got together who's gonna die <laughs> sorry <laughs> she died so horribly too um like i feel like i'm that kind of story is really intriguing like like and as you're saying this i'm like oh and then there's normal people and then there, you know like there's a bunch of different versions of it that are all more successful because they are like they they do something with it they it's not limited to like one period of time they like or one they, location or one location they come in and out of each other's lives at various times in various places and that like it's like oh my god you actually we have this connection and it like it grows much more naturally for to the decision to either be together or not be together and fair you know this felt like yeah maybe it was growing but then it stopped and then they were together <laughs> like it's just like it's it's very jerky in that way i agree 
I do agree. I think I'm in love with the idea. Okay. But the, not fair. the execution. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, this I'm so glad we talked about this. So thank you so much, <laughs> Anna, for watching this movie with me, talking about it. I thought this was a great convo. I'm yeah. glad to have talked about it with you. Yeah. It was it was good to to jump into because it's kind of all over the place and you know it, good and, good to talk it out figure figure out what's going on and it's consistently aired for the last ten years so like why not do it why not talk yeah. about it yeah um so thanks everybody for joining us on this lovely Thanksgiving or whenever you happen to be uh, listening um make sure Happy that Thanksgiving. <laughs> Make sure that you're following us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. One kiss means forever, where the one and the four are numerals. We are trying to live tweet as many of the Hallmark movies as we can. Um, you know, I, th I think, you know, hopefully we're we're still getting to that one to two a week that we hoped for. Yeah. Uh, Hannah more than me, because Hannah's a champ. Um, no, it's because I have less to do. <laughs> My life is boringer than yours. I know. I've just discovered improv and it's a cult. So, <laughs> so. hence my life is um, boringer than yours. And I don't know if boringer is a word, but it I'm is now. It is now because you said it and you're a genius. Um, but if you want to email us for any reason, any words you've maybe coined or any other examples of uh, uh, weird connections that don't happen like normal people or this movie or whatever, email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. That's all spelled out like it is on our logo. Thank you for to Flint Pastures for our intro outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we shall see you next week. Well, Christmas. And now well, we're officially Christmas. into Christmas. None yeah. of this like, oh, it's Halloween, but oh, it's Thanksgiving. No, we're in the Christmas stretch. We got it. Uh, tomorrow, officially. You know. Yeah. But you but you can be like, you could tell your family that it's Christmas. It's after dinner. Christmas. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Christmas movie I want Samuel L. Jackson to start in. <laughs>